All right, everyone, we are finally back with another episode of the All Access USL podcast. Uh, it's been like three weeks, and for good reason. I was on vacation for a little bit, went up to Michigan, went to a Detroit City FC game, was fantastic, um, much more than I could have ever hoped for. I love Keyworth Stadium. It's a fantastic facility, especially for where it is, right in the middle of Hamtramck, a great neighborhood. So if you ever get the opportunity to go up to a Detroit City FC game, I absolutely recommend it. Great fans, great supporters section as well. Fantastic options. Eating-wise, just an overall good experience. Really an embodiment of everything you want and almost expect from USL sides now. So fantastic stuff. Um, And in that three weeks that I have been gone, a lot of stuff has happened. So we're kind of just going to jump into it to start today. But we do have to start on some very disappointing news, and that is Orange County are currently not on the verge, but could be on the verge of not being liquidated, but being evicted out of Championship Soccer Stadium by none other than the LA Galaxy. The whole predicament is the LA Galaxy are looking to take full control of the stadium so they would have complete access no other side, whether it be Orange County's men's teams, women's teams, um, I believe California United play there as well, so they would not be able to play there either. Um, LA Galaxy would be taking full control of it just to field their MLS Next Pro side. Um, As far as I know, they proposed it to the city of Irvine and August 9th, which will be in about a day, a day and a half-ish when this episode comes out, which is also a Tuesday, is when it will be heard. And I don't know if it will be voted on or whatnot, but it will at least be heard um, on that day. So make sure to go to the Orange County uh, sock, Orange County SC website to show your support. I believe you can also contact the Irvine City Council. Um, but I'm not sure how to do that. Just make sure to go to the Orange County SC website. Everything you will need to know about helping them stay there will be there. And it's very disappointing to see um, the 2021 champions on the verge of not only losing the rights to predominantly their stadium, but also the possibility that they would have to fold as a club if this decision were to take place. So wanted to start off with that. Orange County have been fantastic for this league. And we saw that last year, like I said, when they won it all uh, pretty surprisingly, I'll have to say. But that's all we're going to say on that. Please help Orange County stay in the league. Uh, If they fold, it's kind of a domino effect almost in that there's really no stopping other big teams from trying to kill the market uh, near them. And we absolutely do not want that because USL championship clubs provide so much for communities who might not have any other pro teams. They provide so many opportunities 
for people in the community, for players, for so many people. And if we lose that, it would be devastating. So please help keep Orange County in the league. Uh, hopefully we don't have to, uh, in the next couple of days, we can come back to here and come back here and talk about how nice it will be to keep Orange County around. Um, if we have to come back here in a few days and say that Orange County will be leaving the league, I do not know what I will do. That will be a very sad episode um, and not one I would particularly like to record. So, man, now, now talking about it out loud, it's kind of all coming in at once. So hopefully everything goes well for Orange County. We'll be talking about them a bit later in this episode as well. Um, but let's move uh, across California to Monterey Bay, who have had a fantastic couple of games. Um, in this 1-0 win for uh, against the El Paso Locomotive, uh, being their fourth win in five games. Uh, moving off of the bottom of the Western Conference as well, jumping over Orange County. This is a side who started the season not that well. They have been rooted to the bottom of the Western Conference for the majority of the season. And after Orange County um, had a 3-1 lead over the Colorado Springs switchbacks, but eventually lost that lead, um, drawing three all, it allowed Monterey Bay to make that jump to 12th place. And they have two games in hand. Now, this, the Western Conference this year is a lot closer than the East and a lot closer than it sometimes can be. There's a good amount of parity, pretty much is what I'm saying, in the West this year that there sometimes isn't. And we've seen that in the past few seasons, especially last year. Last year, there was pretty bad parity between uh, in every conference in every division. So this year, it's nice to see that. And in saying that, with two games in hand, on seventh place, Las Vegas, Monterey Bay are only seven points off. If they win those two games in hand and Las Vegas lose those, or, well, not even lose, games in hand. Good Lord. If Monterey Bay win those two games in hand, they will be a single point off of the playoffs. And after the start of the season that they've had, that would be pretty incredible. And I kind of want to compare it to Detroit because it feels like even though Detroit continuously still play very well, it seems like we're kind of getting to a point where they're not almost on the same level, but their seasons are kind of equaling out almost. I was going to do a comparison, but I think the comparisons speak for themselves. Detroit started off the season very well. They were up around third and fourth. They were playing very good soccer, mainly because they were unpredictable. Uh, I think they came into this league uh, with a lot of players who aren't, weren't exactly accustomed to the league so teams didn't know what to expect they came in with a lot of nasl players a lot of uh non-usl players pretty much and i think it took a lot of teams by surprise but i think now they're starting to be found out a little bit uh keyworth is still a hard place to go to and get points but away detroit have not been doing well they have like i believe three draws 
three or four draws in their last five. So, I mean, kind of, you know, not losing their way, but kind of, it almost feels like backing off a little bit, settling into like sixth or seventh uh, in the East. But Monterey Bay, after that hard start to the season, they got in a lot of good uh, USL quality players. But players that were, I want to say, like, they got in Walmart Martinez, who wasn't exactly a starter for Hartford. They got in a lot of almost backup players. But collectively now, they're starting to do really well. And they're absolutely building something. So comparison-wise, I think this their seasons are sort of flipping. They were opposites at the beginning of the season. They're opposites now. Um... Monterey Bay in much better form than Detroit. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, in order to keep, I mean, I don't want to say like Monterey Bay need change, but if they want to keep this going, I feel like there's just one more thing they need to do. And that is at another defender. And I went over, uh, checked over rosters again, just to see if there was anything Sneaky. Some teams, you know, add players for one game or so and then drop them off the roster without really announcing it, stuff like that. So I went over to the roster, took a quick look, and they only have five listed defenders. And that is tough. Whether or not they play three or four at the back, rotation-wise, that is asking a lot of the starters. Granted, they could pull some defensive midfielders. They have a lot of midfielders. They could ask a bit more of their defensive midfielders to come back or to just start in defense, but they're defensive midfielders for a reason. They're not really meant to start there. That's not their forte. So I think going in for another defender before the season's end would be a smart move. Two players I think they could go in for who matching up with their tactics and kind of what they built so far have USL championship experience. Uh, Jose Soto, who spent most of his time in the league, if not all of his time in the league, I'm pretty sure with the Austin Bold, a good left back option he would be. So good look there. Or Sam Fink, who was a very good option with the OKC Energy and St. Louis FC um, when St. Louis FC were in the league um, and did well with OKC Energy as well. And Sam Fink is more of a center back option more of a, like, Jose, Jose Soto would probably be more of an attacking-ish option at left back. But Sam Fink would be more of a sit-back and almost like a stopper type option. Uh, maybe a bit of a distributor as well, um, which they might be able to use a little bit at the back. But those are two hypothetical options that they could go for. Not exactly sure if they'd want to, but they could. So, Monterey Bay, uh, doing well. Seems like they could continue to climb up the table, and especially with their recent form. So, exciting times for Monterey Bay. Some other big news. Uh, MLS confirms that New York Red Bulls 2, Atlanta United 2, and LA Galaxy 2 will be launching teams next year in MLS Next Pro. So, that confirms that next year we will only be down to one MLS affiliate um, and that will be Loudoun United, who I'm surprised are staying in the league. Granted, they are doing 
well. They're doing, well, they're 10th in the East, 18 points. 16 points off of the last playoff spot, which would be 7th. Um, last five games, four losses, one win. Uh, their most recent result being that win against LA Galaxy 2. So, not exactly well, but I mean, I guess it's well for... It's well. It's doing well compared to the other two um, MLS affiliates in the East and doing well compared to Hartford and Charleston. So, take that with a grain, like a massive pile of salt, I guess, but I guess you could call it doing well. No, you can't really call it doing well. They're pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, New York Red Bulls 2 will be gone. They're rooted to the bottom of the East, so seeing them go is not surprising. They have talent, but it's just too much for... Um, too much for... Too much to handle against other USL Championship teams, which isn't surprising. Uh, Atlanta United 2 also gone. They have had a lot of uh, players come through, um, go to MLS or go to USL League One or League, or stay in the USL Championship. So, but as a collective, as a team, they just haven't been able to put it together much. LA Galaxy 2 having the best season of any MLS affiliate this year. They're currently eighth in the West. Um, Las Vegas above them have a game in hand. Uh, and LA Galaxy 2 are two points out of the playoffs with three losses and a draw in their last four. So falling off the pace of a bit, but they have some great attacking options. Preston Judd will be a big miss um, here. Richard Sanchez will not. How he continues to be a starting goalkeeper. I believe he is the goalkeeper for LA Galaxy 2. Sometimes he is, I believe. Am I thinking, am I thinking differently? That he is a, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything because I swear Richard Sanchez is a, is on that side. But either way, a lot of defensive problems for LA Galaxy 2 in general, as is the case with all of the MLS affiliate teams. But Preston Judd has been a big bright spot for LA Galaxy 2. Um, and there wasn't exactly any insight on to how long Loudoun United will stay. As far as I know, it's just through the end of next season. They could leave at the end of the next season, which would be, I think, a smart decision in the development of their players. Because getting slaughtered week in and week out by absolutely better opposition isn't working that well, clearly. Can't be. It can't be. It just... It's so demoralizing a big morale dropper. So I think at the end of next year, we'll see Loudon gone for sure. Uh, but that's just me talking. Nothing definitive yet from the league, from either leagues. So we'll just have to see at the end of next year how that goes. Also, some big scores this week as Birmingham drop Atlanta United to 6-0. Uh, we see Bellarabi's first goal for Birmingham, which is nice to see. Two from Enzo Martinez, one from Prosper's one from Prosper Kasim, one from Juan Agadelu, and again one from Marlon Santos. So kinda shows you that big disparity between a on their own USL championship team like the Birmingham Legion, who are fifth right now, and Atlanta United two and MLS affiliate purely made up of youngsters 
uh, 6-0 loss. I think that gives us a good insight as to why uh, LA United 2 will be out the door next season. Um, a good win, though, for Birmingham Legion. Um, not much to it. Three wins in a row now. Doing well. Doing very well. Uh, I expect them to finish around that fourth or fifth spot. I don't see Louisville or Tampa. Tampa have been on an absolute run. Or, or Memphis really dropping off that much. So I think Birmingham will have to settle for that uh, fourth or fifth spot, which I'm sure they will be absolutely fine with. Um, great to see Enzo Martinez, Enzo Martinez continuing on. Uh, Corcoran was good in that game as well. Setting up, helping set up one of the goals. So good stuff all around from the youngsters and the experienced players from Birmingham. Um, Louisville down Charleston 4-1 for four, uh, four Louisville, it was goals from Harris, Tosh, and Ownby. Ownby now on eight goals for the season, Harris on nine. And I just want to give a big shout-out to uh, Wilson Harris. Wilson Harris has been a fantastic player for his whole career, but he's only just now getting the chance um, to ply his trade and show what he is really capable of here. And he's done it fantastic, fantastically. With players out for injuries, uh, Cameron Lancaster specifically, who I believe has been out for a while, he has come in and showed up and helped Louisville continue to be a very good team. So to see this man flourishing is fantastic. Sean Tosh gets his sixth of the season as well for a defender that is incredible. Um, and I don't see Louisville slowing down. Currently top of the East. I wouldn't exactly say that's wrapped up for them. I could see them switching with Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay are on more of a run than they are. But we will just have to see how it goes. Uh, And then for Charleston, Augie Williams gets his 12th goal of the season. For a side that are languishing near the bottom of the East, seeing Augie Williams get 12 goals this year is a fantastic return. I didn't know what to expect. I know he was good with LA. He was all right-ish with LA Galaxy 2. Um, and doing well with a MLS affiliate kind of says something on its own. So seeing him come over here and do well despite the poor season that they've had is lovely. I'm really happy for him. And then we see yet another red card for Charleston. Enoch Kwakwa sent off for... I don't think you'd call it intimidation, but pretty much just getting way too close, chest to chest with the official. I think it was a bit unfortunate because he didn't see him, turned around, and he's already right on the official. But it is absolutely a red card. So we see Enoquakwa sent off. Um, Charleston really need to work on that emotional standpoint of games and not getting sent off because they are doing that a lot recently. So. With that, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, and we are back, and we'll jump right back into it. Uh, left off with Louisville um, against Charleston, uh, and we'll pick up with San Diego against San Antonio. San Diego picking up a nice win against top of the West. Much, much needed win. 3-0 um, at Torero. They're currently four points behind San Antonio still, but in that race, 
Um, that will do nicely. San Antonio still have a game in hand, but uh, San Diego currently in it. I mean, it's two game form, but in their two game form, two wins, San Antonio coming off of a draw and a loss. So something to say there, but again, San Antonio have the opportunity to still make it a seven point gap. So San Diego still have a lot to do goals from Evan Conway, who has been on fire as of recent Stoneman from the back and Kyle Vassell, Kyle Vassell continuing to put on a show after his acquisition from Fleetwood town. I believe it was. It is his 11th goal of the season, and he has been immense for San Diego in their pursuit of playoffs and, as of now, still top of the West. So good work from them. Um, good to see them continue to do well at home as well. I know sometimes they struggle at home, um, especially between... San Diego and the Colorado Springs switchbacks, when they are on, they are on. When they're off, they look completely lost, and they lose big. So to see San Diego build this mentality again of they are a top side continuously, it's very good to see. Um, as for Orange County and the Colorado Springs switchbacks game, a lot different. Orange County take a 3-1 lead. Um, goals from Akoli McCabe and Dylan Powers first goal back with Orange County. A nice touch. Colorado, actually, yeah, it was three unanswered from Orange County after Mishi and Galena gave the switchbacks the lead. Uh, and then Amo and a late Barry penalty, which I think is a bit questionable. The defender had his arm near his body. There's not much he can do there. I think that's unfortunate because I can see how it's given, but I personally wouldn't have given it. Very harsh on the defender who couldn't do much there. But Barry puts the penalty away uh, either way, so it doesn't matter. That is Barry's 13th goal of the season, Amo's 11th, and Mishi Imigalina's 9th. That just shows how fantastic this three-man tandem has been. They are are what this switchbacks team is built on it's been fantastic to watch i hope they continue defensively this switchbacks need to pick it up absolutely but offensively they continue to do well um and this away draw just shows that as for orange county they have done well uh they did well to get that 3-1 lead it's unfortunate to see him lose it in such fashion but they got to do better. They have to do much, much better if they uh, want to continue to progress up the table at all, which right now seems like they might not. So we will see how that goes. And then a very intriguing result, seeing New Mexico United lose uh, one, not one, no, three nil at home. To Miami FC, a very, very uh, out of sorts result for New Mexico United. New Mexico United are, in my opinion, one of the more well-rounded teams in the league. They usually get their wins at home. They, eh, they can, they do well away from home. Occasional losses here and there, 
but they get draws. They do well. They're a very third, fourth type team for me. Not the cream of the crop of the West, but also not lower playoff to mid table to bottom of the West type team. Very third, fourth team here. They did not show that here. They played like a team that was in the middle to the bottom of the Western Conference. I don't know where it came from. I hope it does not continue because they are a very good side, a very talented side. And to see them knocked out of the playoffs would be very, very surprising. They're still fourth, still seven points clear of that happening. So it's very unlikely that it will happen. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. Uh, it was two goals from Kyle Murphy to help Miami into that 2-0 lead, which to see Kyle Murphy back on his game is great to see. He was very, very good with Memphis last season. He came over. He struggled a bit. Same with the whole Miami team, who seemed to be picking it up a little bit. And then Romeo Parks, the former New Mexico United man himself, Seals the deal, gives them the third goal. Uh, level on games with FC Tulsa. Miami are currently nine points clear. So not too many concerns. Uh, the parity there between seventh and the rest of the league, or the top seven and the rest of the league, is pretty evident. Um, so don't see Miami falling out, but very good stuff from them. Showing what I think... Uh, a lot of us expected them to be like this year, especially with the additions that they had and what we've seen from them in the past. So good for Miami. So overall, a very, very high scoring couple of games. Just to recap there, Birmingham's Legion drop Atlanta United to 6-0 at Protective Stadium. Louisville down Charleston 4-1. San Diego sent San Antonio packing back to Texas with their 3-0 home win at Torero. Uh, Miami dropped New Mexico at the lab 3-0, and Orange County conceded the two late on to draw 3 all with the switchbacks. So, big, big stuff there. Um, heading back over to the east, however, uh, Tristan Weber, a young defender from the Charleston Battery heads for Columbus Crew 2. Just a little bit of news for you there. A good, versatile center back. Uh, had some appearances here and there for the Charleston Battery. Looked decent, uh, but the Columbus Crew too see something in it, see something in him, uh, and they were able to lure him away. Um, that would probably open the door for another promotion inside the Charleston Battery's youth setup, whatever they've got going on there. Um, maybe another signing, another defensive signing. It would seem could be on the cards. They lost a lot of players in the past few months to injury or to loan endings or to just releasing players in general. So it seems like something will happen um, before uh, I'll say August ends or at least the summer ends. Something that could help them. They are out of the playoffs. They're out of the playoffs. No playoff picture for Charleston pretty much. But just something to boost morale, to give them some decent results before the end of the season so that they can hopefully have a better 2023. So, yeah, Tristan Weber heads off to Columbus Crew 2. Bit of interesting business there. Uh, Memphis down Hartford 3-1. Um, 
it was a very, very good result for them. Now, three points behind the Tampa Bay Rowdies with that game in hand. A lot of talking about games in hand this episode, but they are very important. They could be level with Tampa, um, which is no easy feat because Tampa Bay have been fantastic down the stretch this year. Hartford, again, another disappointing loss. Um, They are now 11th in the East with Loudoun United getting that win. It's four losses and a single draw in Hartford's last five. Not exactly helping themselves. They only have four wins on the season. Um, Very, very different than what we thought, or at least what I thought I was going to see from this Hartford side. They seemed like a side that was going to progress from last year, but it's only been regression after regression this year. Um, So a lot of rebuilding to do there for Hartford. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, who are that team three points clear of Memphis. They were able to get that 1-0 win over Detroit at Al Lang. Tampa Bay further solidifying their second spot. Again, though, Memphis have that game in hand and could easily level be level on points with them if they win it. Um, for Detroit, like I said earlier, they fall down to six, three draws, a win, and a loss in their last five. They're still playing well, but they'll want to pick it up a little bit so that they can maybe, you know, it'd be incredible to see the atmosphere at their first ever playoff home game if they were able to get it. But that might be a big ask, seeing as they'd have to finish at least fourth, and they're currently eight points off of that feet so we'll see how it goes i have faith in detroit but they will need to step it up absolutely in these next couple of games if they want to do that and ending off our little roundups here of some games some games i might not have covered um because it was what we'd expect or just not much happened in it like sacramento drawing one on with rgv uh stuff like that uh but indy and phoenix struggle at home indy have struggled at home for many games this year they lose 2-0 to the pittsburgh riverhounds uh, and phoenix get that nil nil draw against the las vegas lights um two teams who are in massive need of wins do not get wins phoenix who are coming off of that nice 4-0 win of the colorado springs switchbacks uh get another draw they are four points off of the playoffs but it's been four draws in their last five um they absolutely come off of that floor that they were on where they were just losing heavily week after week or losing in very demoralizing and crushing ways, like that 4-3 loss to Loudon. It seems like they're past that, but they're not exactly finding that X factor other than that one standout game against the switchbacks where they can, you know, put away the final nail in the coffin or just be clinical enough to get all three points. They're not finding it. Indy, uh, like I said, they've been struggling at home down the stretch this whole season. So I feel like this result isn't really surprising. Um, Even after all the acquisitions they've made, they haven't been able to improve, um, but they have made, they have lost some key pieces as well, such as Noah Powder. So, you know, kind of win-lose situation there in Indy. And then to end off today's episode, just some standout performers from this past week. Uh, Russell Ciceroni with that brace against Indy 11, uh, helping Pittsburgh, um, who have been on fantastic form ever since that little blip where they lost like three or four in a row 
very uncharacteristic of them. But now, back on it. Four wins and five. Russell Cicerone helping with that. So, very good from him. Uh, Fletcher, a brace in that crucial win against LA Galaxy 2. There's a lot of players you could pick from that Loudon team. I might just give it all to the Loudon team who put in a fantastic shift over a good Western Conference side, a playoff-pushing Western Conference side. Uh, very, very impressive stuff from them. We'll see if they can improve at all in the next couple of weeks. Maybe push for that uh, eight or eighth or ninth spot. Would be interesting to see. Uh, Knight Pickering from Memphis 901 gets his first professional goal in USL Championship play in his career, even and it is a bicycle kick that seals the field. The third goal in that 3-1 win over Hartford. Magical stuff. Very, very happy for him. Seems like Memphis have just got everything going their way um, down this final stretch of the season. We'll be uh, interested to see if he starts any more games or at least gets any more game time. He didn't start that game. If he'll get any starts, I should say, or gets any more game time in general. So that'll be something to look out for. And then lastly, Reba Yar, who got that winning goal against the El Paso Locomotive. That made it the third win in a row, the fourth win in five for Monterey Bay. And just in general, that whole Monterey Bay defense, who have been standing on their heads for uh, this team and their fans, and just in general, the whole Monterey Bay uh, club and community. They have been doing it all. And again, I'm going to say I'm gonna say it again. If they want to continue like that, they most likely will need to sign one more defender before the end of the season. It would have been four defenders before Hunter Gorski came in. Uh, it's five now, bit better depth, but again, a sixth would do so much to help them continue their impressive record. So with that, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the All Access USL podcast. It's great to be back. Uh, episodes will kind of be coming out more on a when they're ready basis. So I think that'll get them, get them out a bit faster. So make sure to look out for that. The next episode that comes out here will probably be history of the Charleston battery. That was delayed a bit delayed a little bit because of vacation, but that should be coming out soon. So make sure to keep on the lookout for that as well. So yeah, good times coming ahead. Thank you guys for listening. And I will see you guys for that history of Charleston battery episode.